This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Ruth chapter 2, verse 14. Wonderful book, wonderful person, Ruth as we start. Let's first of all look to God. Father, we look to you. We look to you because we need Jesus. We need you, Lord, with all of our hearts. And today, Lord, as we look into your word, we pray that you would give us Jesus. As we study your word, let us see him, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Ruth chapter 2 and verse 14. And Boaz said unto her, at mealtime, Come thou hither, and eat of the bread, and dip thy morsel in the vinegar. And she sat beside the reapers, and he reached her parched corn, and she did eat and was suffice and left. And when she was risen up to glean, Boaz commanded his young men, saying, Let her glean even among the sheaves and reproach her not. And let fall also some of the handfuls of purpose for her, and leave them, that she may glean them and rebuke her not. So she gleaned in the field until even, and beat out that she had gleaned, and it was about an ephah of barley. And she took it up, went into the city, and her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned, and she brought forth and gave to her that she had reserved after she was sufficed. And their mother-in-law said unto her, Where hast thou gleaned today? And where wroughtest thou? Blessed be he that did take knowledge of thee. And she showed her mother-in-law with whom she had wrought and said, the man's name with whom I wrought today is Boaz. And Naomi said unto her daughter-in-law, blessed be he of the Lord who hath not left off his kindness to the living and to the dead. And Naomi said unto her, the man is near of kin unto us, one of our next kinsmen. Now, in our last study, you remember that we saw this incredible kindness of Boaz to Ruth. And we saw last time in our last study what true kindness really looks like. We saw it in Boaz. True kindness, we saw, has four distinct and necessary stages. True kindness, first there is the stage of the looking and the listening. 
to the person. The second is the stage of the feeling. The third is the commiseration, feeling with. The third is the stage of the thinking or the planning. What should I do? And the fourth is the action stage. And that's what we saw in Boaz. It's true kindness. We saw it. We've seen it here in Boaz. And now we want to look carefully now and investigate, as he did, the situation of Ruth. That's what he did. He looked at the situation of Ruth. Then he felt the pain. He felt the misery that Ruth was experiencing. And then he carefully thought out, what should I do for Ruth? And then he put his plan into action. And so the last part of Boaz putting his plan into action is what we see Boaz doing in verse 16 when he commands his men to let fall also some of the handfuls of purpose for her, leave them that she may glean them, rebuke her not. Incidentally, the way that Boaz commanded his staff here, he treats them not as servants but as friends. You know, Boaz treats his staff here as friends, and that's important, especially when you have a company that you treat the staff as friends, because he not only, and here's the difference, Boaz not only told his staff what to do, but he told his staff what the goal was. See, if Boaz was not treating his staff as if they were friends, he would have just said, look, just let some of the handfuls fall and rebuke or not. See, but if Boaz would have spoken like that to his staff, he would have been treating them like they're in the army. You know, just dig this ditch. You know, he's not going to say, now let me share with you why we need to dig this ditch, you know. But what he did is he brought his staff in close to him, and he inspired them by giving them both the goal and the vision behind what they were to do. First, you can see in verse 16, the goal. The goal is purpose for her. And just, that's what they were to do. Let fall also some of the handfuls of purpose to her. But Boaz added the goal, what they were to do, when he said, let fall also some of the handfuls of purpose for her. Leave them. And Boaz then went further to give a vision of what the real reason was when he said that she may glean them. See, by Boaz telling his staff what to do and the goal of their actions and the vision for what he wanted to see accomplished, that's just exemplary. That's just wonderful as a supervisor, as management. Boaz was telling his staff, look, the vision was just for you to see Ruth reach down and take those handfuls and handfuls and handfuls. See what he did? Boaz brought his staff into the care zone. He brought him into the care zone. He inspired his staff to come into the care zone. Come into the zone where you care, as I do about Ruth. That's exactly what the Lord does for us. That's how the Lord treats us when he tells us what to do as he makes the distinction between us just being his servants versus us being his friends. And he says that in John chapter 15, verse 14, John 15, 14, when he says, ye are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth, I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends for all things that I've heard of my Father I've made known unto you. He tells us as a command in Mark 16, 15, Mark 16, 15, he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's a command. And if he had only said that, he'd be treating us like servants. But then he went on to explain in the next verse, 
in Mark 16, 16, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. So in that further explanation, the Lord is bringing us into the care zone. Care about the lost. Care about these people by explaining that our efforts in preaching the gospel are designed or have the purpose or the vision so that people will believe. Because if they don't believe, they won't be saved. But if our preaching does not result in them believing, then they're going to be damned. So by telling us this explanation of what happens as a result of preaching, he's drawing us into the care zone. That's what we see Boaz doing in verse 16, where he tells his staff the vision that she may glean them. Boaz cared for Ruth, and Boaz brought his staff into the care zone for Ruth. The Lord Jesus Christ cares for all the world. He doesn't want anyone to perish. He brings us into the care zone for the world, just as we see it was the goal of Boaz to bring his staff into the care zone for Ruth, so it's the goal of the Lord Jesus Christ to bring us into the care zone for the loss that we encounter. And Boaz had so inspired his staff and brought them into this care zone that we see the results in verse 17. So she gleaned in the field until even and beat out that she had gleaned, and it was about an ephah of barley. She gleaned so much barley that when she beat out this grain from the chaff there, she had about 30 pounds. She had about five gallons of volume of just the seed of the barley. That's a lot of barley. You wouldn't go to Whole Foods and buy that much barley. They wouldn't have it. So that day, Ruth walked back home with five gallons of barley that she had worked for. Just think of how that made Ruth feel as she carried back that five gallons that weighed about uh, you know, almost 30 pounds. That's a great thing. Then notice the next five words in verse 18, and she took it up. Those words are designed to get us to see Ruth alone. They're like a spotlight for us to see she took it up, all that she worked for. She probably could have asked, she says, you know, can you get some of your guys to carry this stuff? No, no, that wasn't Ruth. She was going to take it up herself and walk back home with those five gallons of barley. It was like a celebration for Ruth to see the labor was not in vain. She took up all five gallons of her work, all those 30 pounds. She just felt so good about herself. And in those words, she took it up. And then the next words are significant when it says, and went into the city, in verse 18, and went into the city. Now we're directed to see Ruth walking into the city of Bethlehem, carrying those five gallons of barley. Think of the people. Think of the people in the city of Bethlehem. They see Ruth. She's carrying these five gallons back to her mother-in-law, what did they see when they saw Ruth doing that? They saw a woman that was a hard worker. They saw a woman who was blessed because of Boaz. She never could have had that barley unless Boaz had designed for the handfuls of barley to fall on purpose for her all throughout the day. What a picture that is for us of our blessings. You know, like Ruth, we've got to work But just like Ruth, we could have nothing unless the Lord let handfuls fall to us. Every time I hear a certain billionaire say, I built a great company, and I won't tell you who that is, I shudder because I don't hear how God blessed him. I would never say, I built a great company, because Moses said what to say in Deuteronomy 8.18. In Deuteronomy 8.18, he said, but thou shalt remember the Lord thy God for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. 
the picture of those handfuls being purposefully dropped in the way for Ruth to pick it up is how we should see any wealth that we get, and we must never forget. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. So in the first words of verse 18, we've been taken and we've been directed to look at Ruth. Look at Ruth as what she has gleaned. And then the next words in verse 18, taking us, look at the city now. Look at the city of Bethlehem to see, as they're looking at what Ruth has gleaned. And now verse 18 takes us to the next uh, vision, uh, what we're to focus on. Now look at Naomi. Look at Naomi as she sees what Ruth has gleaned with the words, and her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. Her mother-in-law was just astounded. And we can just picture, we can just hear Naomi say to Ruth, all that? And she goes, all these five gallons of barley for one day's work? Not bad. You know, she kind of said, you know, keep in mind that about a cup of barley makes a meal, you know, so she's brought home 80 cups, you know, in one day's work. And she says, boy, I didn't realize I had such a good gleaner for a daughter-in-law, you know. How are you able to do that? See, that's where she's going. And then came the next surprise when we read in verse 18, she brought forth and gave to her that she had reserved after that she had sufficed. What'd she pull out next? She pulled out, not barley, she pulled out that delicious parched corn that they had for lunch. And we can just see the delight on Ruth's face as she brought out the parched corn. And she says, look, Mom, look, look at what I brought for you, delicious parched corn. Ruth loved to see Naomi get happy. It's been kind of a long time since Naomi has gotten happy. And Ruth just kind of like relishes this, you know. You know, Naomi's been a little bit of difficult to be with, you know, this is an understatement. She's been a little bit down, she's a little bit in the blue, she's been a little bit depressed, and, but now she's happy, and Ruth has made her happy, and Ruth loves to see Naomi happy. Remember that after Ruth had eaten this parched corn at Boaz's table, that Ruth wrapped up some of it to take to Naomi. What a beautiful thing for Ruth to do. I mean, Ruth was all the time not thinking about caring for herself, but she was all the time thinking about and caring for Naomi. And we could picture Ruth at the lunch table saying to herself, boy, wouldn't Naomi enjoy some of this delicious parched corn? I'm going to take some back to Naomi. I can't wait to see the look on her face when I give this corn to her. That's what she got to do in this verse. It just shows us something of the heart of Ruth. It shows us that Ruth is not thinking about and caring about herself, but she's thinking and caring about others. Ruth is an example to us. Of Philippians 2.4, Philippians 2.4, look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. This is a wonderful time. This time here, when Ruth has come back to Naomi, this is a great time. It's a wonderful time of rejoicing. Ruth and Naomi, they look at the barley, they look at the corn, and they rejoice in just what God has provided. We don't do enough of that. We don't do enough of that. We don't do enough of reflecting on what God has done for us and just simply rejoice. Just be happy. Instead, we focus on our needs. And even after the need has been wonderfully provided for, we reflect back on how bad the need was. <laughs> we don't look at the wonderful vision. I told you, some of you know this joke. Uh, just like the Jewish family that decided to take this car trip across the country and they put grandfather in the back seat. And grandfather gets thirsty and he starts to say, Oi, am I thirsty? He says, you know. 
And then he says again, Oi, am I thirsty? And he keeps on saying that, Oi, am I thirsty? You know, and he's driving everybody crazy. And so it's finally, you know, they say, Stop, you got to stop. You know, so they say to the driver, Stop the car. He says, I can't take it any longer. He keeps saying, Oi, am I thirsty? And so finally the family stops and they get grandfather something to drink. So he'd stop saying, Oi, am I thirsty? And so they, they get him something to drink. And they think, now, finally, they can have some peace. And they start driving again. And not long after, he starts to say, Oi, was I toisty. <laughs> that's, that's the way we are. That's the way we are. We, we, we think about our needs. And we say, Oi, do I have a need? You know? And then after God provides for it, we say, Oi, did I have a need? You know? But in verse 18, we don't see this. We see a wonderful time of rejoicing with the words she brought forth, gave to her, that she had reserved after she was sufficed. It's great. It's just a time of rejoicing. When we see Ruth and Naomi in verse 18, just taking time to rejoice in God's provision for them, such an example to us to slow down, slow down in life, and do what David did when he did in Psalm 16.6. Psalm 16.6, he says, The lines are fallen unto me in pleasant places, Yea, I have a goodly heritage. You know, if we really look back properly, we'll say, you know, God has made that for us. The lines have fallen unto me in pleasant places. And we we won't be saying, oi, am I thirsty? You know, we see the good hand of the Lord and say, the lines have fallen to us in pleasant places. We'll be able to look forward with confidence and say, I got a great future. Yea, I have a goodly heritage. It's another way of saying, you know, if the Lord has made the past this wonderful, the best is yet to come. And the best that was yet to come is what David talked about in the 23rd Psalm, when he said in, in Psalm 23, 6, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and the best is I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So in that famous 23rd Psalm there, David, he talked about Enemies, let me tell you what God does with enemies. He spreads out a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Makes the enemies angry, but that's what he does. It was in the presence of his enemies. It was every day, every year of David's life. And he gets to the end of his life, and in Psalm 37, 25, Psalm 27, 25, he says, I've been young, and now I'm old. Well, I can identify with that. (laughs) Yet... Have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread? David, looking back over his life for 10, 20, 40, 60 years of his life, could not remember one single day when he saw the redeemed forsaken and begging bread. The goodness of God. That's the goodness of God. The goodness of God is seen universally around us. Paul said in Acts 14, 17, Acts 14, 17, nevertheless, God left not himself without witness, and that he did good and gave us rain from heaven, fruitful seasons, filling our hearts with food and gladness. Food makes me very glad. How wonderful is rain? I mean, how wonderful is rain? How wonderful are fruitful seasons? How wonderful is it to see lemons form on the tree after the winter? How wonderful is food? How happy food makes us. That comes from God. That's a witness of the goodness of God. The Lord is not just tov. The Lord is not just good. The Lord is hesed. The Lord is loving kindness. And we've just put past the end of the year, and at the end of the year, 
is when David had the practice of slowing down, reflecting back on the, on the last year, and says in Psalm 6511, Psalm 6511, thou crownest the year with thy goodness, and thy paths drop fatness. Now, after Naomi has seen all that Ruth brought home, Naomi says, and her mother-in-law said unto her, where hast thou gleaned today? And where wroughtest thou? This is Naomi. This is, you picture Naomi, she's going, details, details, details. <laughs> you can't just walk in here with all this stuff. Give me details. You know, I want to I know. Where did you glean today? Where did you beat out those? This is the FBI. This is the Family Bureau of Investigation. So, but before Naomi learns anything about the details, before she even gets an answer, she doesn't ask first. Before she does that, she pronounces a blessing with the words in verse 19. Blessed be he that did take knowledge of thee. See, before Naomi even knows the name of the person who enabled Ruth to gather so much, she blesses the person. Naomi's generous with her blessing. Wait, is this the same Naomi? Wait, 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 chapter one, verse 19, is this the Naomi who we're talking about where it says, so they went until they came to Bethlehem and it came to pass when they were come to Bethlehem that all the city was moved about them and they said, is this Naomi? And she said unto them, call me not Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full, the Lord hath brought me home empty. Why call me Naomi, which means pleasantness, as seeing the Lord hath testified against me, the Almighty hath afflicted me. She didn't want to be called pleasantness anymore. She wanted to be called bitter. Is that the same Naomi who wanted to change her name from pleasantness, uh, Naomi, to Mara, bitterness? Naomi's changed. Naomi has changed. Naomi, she's the one who wanted to change her name to Mara, bitterness, because she saw that all of her problems, blaming God, she says, call me not Naomi, call me Mara, the Almighty, it's his fault. He dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full. Look, he brought me home empty. Call, don't call me thy Naomi, seeing the Lord's testified against me. The Almighty afflicted me. She could not be pleasant at that time. She, could, she wasn't pleasant to be around. She was not Naomi when she said, I went out full. The Lord brought me home empty. The Lord testified against me. The Almighty hath afflicted me. For Naomi, at that time, it was all about her problems. It was all about Oy, am I toasty, eh? When Naomi focused on her problems, she was not pleasant to be around. She was not Naomi to be around. But when Naomi talked about, in verse 20, how someone had taken knowledge of Ruth, Naomi's pleasant. Naomi is Naomi to be around. When Naomi stopped talking about how God had mistreated her and started to pray for God to bless others, then Naomi recovered from her disease of bitterness. And that's the best way to rise up out of depression, to rise up out of discouragement, pray for others. You know, yesterday or a couple of days ago, I wake up with a mole and my itching and a black dot in the mole, and I go, oh, no. And I call five dermatologists till I finally find one who could cut it out, you know, within that hour. <laughs> you know? I was in a state of, oi, do I have a suspicious-looking mole and right in the middle, I got a call from a person who was experiencing a loss of leg movement, and he wanted me to pray for him. And I stopped, and I thought about what I really wanted the Lord to do for him. And like Naomi, I prayed for God's blessing on him, and I stopped worrying about my mole. And so anyway, Naomi has stopped with the chapter 1, verse 21, the Lord testifying against her and afflicting her. She stopped all that. 
Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.